Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Edge of Creativity podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Kincaid, and joining with me today is Head of School Programs at the Bob Bullock State History Museum, Caitlin Lloyd-Leva. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks so much, Cassie. It's good to reconnect with you and to be able to join you on this podcast. This is so awesome that we get to do this podcast interview. I know a few years ago, uh, I came down the museum and we were able to film around the museum. I'm so excited to share with our viewers today, or listeners, um, just your perspective on creativity and impact. So let's just dive right in today. Um, In the beginning, I always like to go back to people, like where people started, because in order to understand where they are today, you kind of have to understand where they started. So what has been your path leading up to the Bob Bolt Museum? It's such an incredible museum, our state history museum, um, especially since, you know, I'm in Texas, grew up in Texas, still live in Texas. Um, what was that like, kind of the beginning of it all? Sure. Um, So I've been at the Bullock Museum for a little over 10 years doing this role. And um, but I had several jobs before this that I think kind of prepared me for this position. So I always when I'm talking to students, especially about my career path, I kind of always actually go back to high school. And as I was getting ready for college, um, I was a good student. I enjoyed being in school. I thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor since that seemed like a job that people do if they've been good at school. So I prepared to go to college, prepared to, I signed up for some science major because that's, I thought what you needed to do so you could prepare to be a doctor. And, you know, early on, I I was thankful that I had kind of a, a realization just inside me that A, I don't really like science, B, I'm not really good at science, and Three, I didn't really have an interest in medicine other than I thought that's what good students did. So I kind of wiped the slate clean. I told the college I wasn't ready to declare a major. And I just decided to take a lot of classes in a lot of different subjects until I could find something that I was really interested in. And I found that I gravitated more towards my classes that were history or political science based. So that's what I ended up majoring and minoring in is history and political science. And then, you know, college is ending up and there's not necessarily a clear career path for someone with a history major. And so I did what a lot of history majors do, which is just continue studying history. And I decided to go to graduate school. And so I was uh, um, researching different graduate school programs and learning more about them and stumbled across this field that's called public history um, or it's called museum studies. The two are fairly interchangeable. And um, I had no idea that that career existed, you know, working in museums. And so that's what I ended up deciding to do for graduate school. I went to North Carolina State University um, to get a master's degree in in public history. And uh, what public history is, is it is Um, kind of those institutions that help the public connect to history. So it would be places like archives, places like museums. I kind of like to describe it as we take the stuff that the academic historians and the researchers research and write about, and we find ways to make it interesting and digestible um, to the public. And so, you know, when I started that course of study, I wanted to be a curator because that's what everybody wants to be in museums, right? Or that's the only job you've ever heard of that exists in a museum. So naturally, that's what I wanted to do as well. Um, 
But part of my program required that I do a summer internship. And so I was applying around looking for internships and I did not get an internship in a curatorial field. I actually got an internship in an education department at a museum and it was a really unique museum. It was the Nantucket Historical Association um, on the island of Nantucket working at the Whaling Museum. So um, I got to go to this really unique place and learned about this really unique topic, which is whaling, um, you know, in the Northeast. And my my role there was working in the education department, which meant that it's a lot of interacting with the public. Um, you know, you're the one in the museum, maybe giving tours or leading hands-on activities. And one of my main jobs was working in what they called the Discovery Center, which is where families would go during their visit. And we would do different craft activities or story time type activities. And that experience, I would say, really did lead me to my career path because I learned that I loved interacting with visitors, especially young visitors, um, talking to them about history, helping them see that they can be interested in history too, um, and usually learning about it through really unique ways like um, craft activities, hands-on exploration activities, activities where they're getting to discover something, um, not to knock anything for the curators, but being a curator is a lot of research and writing and being by yourself in your office or digging through archives. And it's fun in its own way because you're getting to kind of solve history, mystery and track down things and find things and documents that um, are really unique that you want to tell people about. But it is not necessarily a super social or forward-facing job. And I, I really, I love talking to people. I like being out in the museum, interacting with our visitors. Um, so that is kind of what showed me that I was more interested in museum education as opposed to curation. So um, my first couple jobs were along those lines. I started off as a part-time um, field trip, you know, person who gave a field trip at a historic cotton farm in North Carolina. So I'd work with the school groups when they came in and, you know, we we made butter and we did laundry and we learned all about historic cotton growing and cotton picking and the cotton industry in the South and just living um, at that time period. And then I got my first full-time job at the North Carolina um, Museum of History, where I worked doing um, what was called distance learning. So it was programs specifically working with students when they were in their classrooms, but we were in the museum. So, you know, it was virtual live programs. And then also a thing called traveling trunks, where we would send them a trunk of like a Rubbermaid bin, ultimately, with replica artifacts and lesson plans about a specific topic. Um, and so I managed that program. And then I was ready to come back to Texas. I'm from Texas and New Mexico and all my family's here. So I was ready to move back to the to this part of the country and the job at the Bullock Museum opened up. And so I came here. And so um, working in the school program side of the education department here, I work with anything related to teachers and students. So whether that is the students that are coming on field trips, helping to design learning activities for them um, or special student activity days where they get to do a lot of hands-on activities, whether that is designing teacher workshops. So the teachers come to the museum to get training either on a specific historical topic or about different teaching methods, um, often dealing with artifacts or primary sources. 
Um, and then we also have a distance learning program here where we teach virtual programs into classrooms every day. So we're ultimately interacting over Zoom, for instance, with students while they're in their classrooms. So that's that's what my team and I do here at the museum now. I love that you specifically do education uh, with the museum. And like you said, most of the time when people think about museums, it's they go straight to that curator mindset, like the, the research and the artifacts. And there is a whole other field in museums for jobs like yourself um, that try like make it super relatable and super hands-on. And I remember the, the training that we did uh, when I was a preschool administrator at the Bullock that you did. It was so incredible and so much creativity went into that, how to take a big concept like history and make it really accessible for anybody. And definitely, yeah. Um, you know, the curators, they do keep that in mind when they're writing the exhibits and writing the labels, but um, then our education department will kind of take it a step further, whether it's with adult audiences or whether, you know, for me specifically, I'm, I'm mostly centered around student or educator audiences, trying to find ways to make it more digestible, to make it more interesting, to make it more impactful for them um, during their experience here at the museum or their interactions with us at different trainings or events. So you mentioned like uh, the crafts that you do, different hands-on things. What are some of the other ways you use creativity in your role? Sure. So um, I get to work on the exhibits in some capacity. You know, exhibits are created by our curators as well as our exhibit designers. So, you know, curators are the ones thinking maybe about the content and what artifacts are going to go in the exhibit. And then our exhibit design team are the ones who are thinking about how it is actually going to work and how people are going to experience it, like the physical space of it. Mm -hmm. And I get to be involved in the exhibit design teams and my teammates as well in my department where we are um, helping design what we call interactives. So if you've ever been to an exhibit and you get to touch something, yes. that is an exhibit interactive. <laughs> so um, we, you know, find ways that people get a chance to do more in the exhibit other than viewing an artifact or reading a label that they might get to play a game, they might get to manipulate something, they might get to uh, sometimes it could be a craft activity, just depending on what the topic is. Um, and when we design exhibit interactives, we kind of have two goals in mind. What is the experiential goal? Kind of what are the things somebody is going to do when they're doing this interactive? And then what are the um, learning goals of the exhibit or the interactive? So what will they walk away having um, well, we're not controlling what people think about, but but what types of things will they have maybe thought about or um, learned as a result of doing this experience? I love that. And, and I love too, since you work at a museum, like the creativity can be seen on a physical level. I feel like some elements of creativity are more like a thought process or different things that are intangible. And I love in the museum setting where you are, it it's physical, like people can touch it, people can experience the creativity that you put into the design process. And I just have to mention, Caitlin, <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about for a second for our listeners, the carts. Sure, sure. Yes, that is one of my favorite elements that you guys have implemented, especially for the younger um, audience of the bubble. 
Yeah. So Cassie's talking about these things that we have that are called discovery centers, which are um, kind of big kiosks on yeah. wheels, except we kind of have them stationary right now that um, are designed with typically a pre-K audience in mind. And I actually can't take credit for their creation. They were created by my colleague, Angela, who handles families and their experiences in the museum, as opposed to me handling schools and their experiences in the museums. Um, we realized you know, we we didn't have too much for our our much younger visitors, especially tactile experiences, which is really important for them. So they designed a series of six discovery centers that are stationed throughout the museum and they're on different topics. And they help um, really young children and their caregivers um, be able to interact together to explore a topic a little bit more, either by um looking at something, feeling something, hearing something. Um, so yeah, that those were something that we created several years ago and we've just started having them permanently be out in the exhibits as opposed to we just bring them out for special programs. We've decided, you know what, a lot of people would benefit from this. Even, even our school groups have really been enjoying them as well instead of just our only, our pre-K parents child audiences. I took my nephew this summer to the Bob Bullock and I, it was his first time. He's he's pretty young, uh, six, and he absolutely adored those. Um, he just, he did. He was touching everything, manipulating. And, you know, a lot of times in museums too, you're like, don't touch this, like be mm. touched and, and that kind of, you know, vibe. Uh, but yeah, he was, you know, able to, to just use it and uh, just hats off to you all for doing that. I don't think I've ever seen anything in a museum quite like that. So that's just a testament to to your thought and creativity um, for all for all your uh, visitors there at the bubble. Yeah, we we really focus on, you know, we're not necessarily going to be the one place where you're going to learn everything on a topic. That's not what we have the capacity to do. But we do hope that you will find something that sparks an interest or sparks a curiosity that you'll then take into your life and and connect to other things or maybe explore a little bit more um, in the different ways that you can. You know, I, I cannot be responsible or able to teach something, everything that they would need to know about something, but I can help you see how it might impact your own life, how, how you have connections to this thing, even though you didn't think you did, how your family legacy matches up with, you know, other Texans family legacies, things like that, like where your, your story fits into the stories of others or, or how this one thing that got invented 100 years ago is impacting your life. And, and maybe you want to invent something now that's going to impact everybody in the future. So we're kind of about making connections, sparking curiosity, um, helping people think about where they fit in to our our collective stories. Absolutely. And you were talking right now about uh, like impact and and everything that you all do at the museum and how you strive for the the curiosity and and the inspiration. What would how would you say kind of to sum it up in one nugget, how all of that creativity has made an impact or like the one thing that you hope all the creativity you implement in the museum? Uh, for impact? 
Well, I think there's a way to think about it, you know, on a big scale and on a small scale. We we are the state history museum for the state of Texas. We have really high visitation, whether that's from our school field trip population or tourists coming in from out of town or families in the area coming in for special events or visiting the exhibits. We we do have very high visitation. So, you know, it's it makes me really proud to think that the work that I do and the work that the team here does, you know, touches the lives of so many people on this really broad scale when you're thinking big numbers. But also, you know, I find just as much satisfaction seeing one child's face light up um, when they see something or try something or hear them turn to their parent or their caregiver and say, wow, I didn't know X, Y, Z, or, oh, I recognize that. I saw one of those at my grandma's house and then just kind of launching into a story. So, even just impacting one person and seeing their face light up, light up in that way and seeing the interest that they're developing um, is really satisfying. Um, and hopefully, you know, who knows what that's going to spark in that person's life. You know, me visiting a museum in my hometown and seeing a pioneer wagon and reading Little House on the Prairie when I was eight or whatever sparked an interest in how people lived in the past for me. And, you know, I followed that interest you know, so far up till this point in my life. So you never know what you can, how you can impact even just one person that encounters something in the museum. Absolutely. And I love that, like creativity inspires creativity, like for you at the museum and that you're hoping to, to continue that uh, with the impact for others. Thank you so much for being here today. This has been such a joy to, to talk with you again and, and to this time focus, uh, give our listeners a perspective on creativity and impact. Thank you for the impact that you're making, not only um, in the Austin area with the Bobbles, but with, for visitors that come in from all around. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Cassie. Good talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode on the Edge of Creativity podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations. We'll see you next time.